G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive. Pete Anthonis alongside Shane Curlio, Rob Scurry and Jackson Oldham, who is live from Nanargoon itself, Pakenham Racecourse. We are here to have a look at primarily the races from Saturday. Look, there were some group ones. We'll basically dive into whether or not they were actually any good to start with and any of these horses can win some of the more higher echelon ranked group one races as we're finding. They're looking a little bit plain as to this point of the season, but Curls, uh, up in your neck of the woods, there would have been some vague interest there in the NRL Grand Final. Uh, did you get around it? <clears throat> uh, g'day, everyone. No, um, not right. Well, yeah, I watched the game. Um, I'm just sort of watching rugby league just purely for meme content nowadays, though, Peter. Um, the game is a complete <laughs> circus. Like, there was a point there where two of the all-time greats sitting in the commentary box saying, well, there was a try review. Penrith scored and they did a review thing. And the two guys in the commentary box said, oh, that's a, that's an obstruction against Penrith. This will be overruled. They've been ruling it that way for, you know, since Jesus played fullback for Jerusalem. Yeah, no, this will be a no try. Anyway, the bunker runs the tape and awards the try. Um, when you've got two, no one knows the rules. No one knows the rules. It's it's a sport that deserves better than a part-time boss. Um, it's just... It's a debacle. It really takes away. Like you have to be, uh, you'd have to be a born and bred, diehard supporter of rugby, rugby league, to continue to support it with a, you know, with a, with a, you know, a level of passion that you know that's required to look past the uh, complete shambles of a game that it's become. Well, complete shambles is a good word to also describe the pregame show. I, look, I don't know what the kids get around these days because I'm clearly too old. I don't, I didn't even know who G flip was. Um, got myself in trouble describing the chick on the drums as G flip. And then uh, ended up getting a small 30 second lecture as to, you know, racial and sexual equality. Anyway, um, Jimmy Barnes, Jimmy Barnes, Bliss and Esso, uh, Josh Chesky. Did you have any thoughts there, Kills? Um, yeah, look, like it, Fitting, fitting, um, fitting entertainment, wasn't it, Jimmy Barnes? Um, like a real uh, kick in the teeth of, of what they have left to the supporters. Um, I mean, trotting out Jimmy Barnes, a stereotypical rugby league fans will get around Barnesy. No second prize. There ain't no second prize. Can't power. It's just like it's it's just so stereotypical of you know like tar- like it's just ridiculous. I mean. Obviously, uh, Macklemore didn't pass the pub test uh, when he performed and there was outrage. So let's dial it back 25 years. He's safe it's in the past. Right? It was embarrassing. I mean, he squealed like a like he, he squealed like a dunny door swinging in the breeze. Yeah. He wore a leather jacket that he wore in the 80s concert that he played there at um, the Punch Bowl RSL. Oh. It was um, – yeah, it's just a complete circus of a game. Cool. Great for the content creators. Long live it. No one sounds good at that stadium. It's all it's awful. Um, and so yeah, Barnsley screaming is going to be shocking. But look, in full defence, I saw Barnsley at the factory or somewhere in Sydney with Cold Chisel like a year or two ago, saying all the hits. Still got it. It's going as well as ever. It's off the gear. It's off the booze. You know, really, uh, you're trying trying hard. But um, yeah, look, I can't comment on the performance just says so I didn't watch it. No, no, you didn't miss uh, you didn't miss too much with the game or with the pregame show. Okay, uh, let's have a look at some of the the racing. We'll start at Randwick, Rob, because 
Look, there was a group one. Uh, it was the Epsom. There was also another group one, the flight stakes and the Metro. Uh, just having a look through the actual numbers, look, the Epsom was the second best performance of the day, so to speak, in terms of an overall race. Race four on the card won by Cascadia and the Hill Stakes was a very fast tempo race, which has clocked a sort of an outlier of a figure. Um, Bullshit. Yeah. I don't believe it. I'm sus on these fast figured fucking staying races. We know our stayers are no good. So they why are, are no we good. doing these fast why are we doing these fast figures? Oh, it's just clearly because the leader goes a bit too quick and then all the other horses battle to keep up with them. That's about it. But look, top ranks and Ellsberg, they've recorded a decent enough figure in what was a fast tempo race for the class on, on punting form starter. But uh, it's certainly in terms of the flight stakes in the Metro, the figures are just plain, plain at best. Uh, I'd say poor for the Metro. And uh, in terms of Sue Gotcha, well, those three-year-old fillies continue to just produce figures that just aren't up to what we've seen in previous years. Yep. Average bunch. Uh, I, I had the, I had a shocking day. You know, if, if you're unaccountable, you would have said I had an amazing day, but I'm an accountable tipping service and I lost eight units, but I've tipped nearly five winners on the card, including Ellsberg, which full credit me and Curly said, would I said Ellsberg, he said um, the grey. And, uh, the, you know, I'm still stiff. I think Ellsberg's won the, won the bloody thing. Um, but yeah, it was it was a horrible horrible experience. And the three year old fillies, I found myself back in Fireburn for the first time in my life. Just you know, believed the form. Thought she paraded as good as I've seen her parade. Um, I thought you know, I said the other week that the Golden Rose form stands up. I actually watched a tape for, for the first time in a while. Um, I watched a replay of the Golden Rose as I should because it's, it's it's usually a great form race. And she was powering through the line. Um, in the in the lead up, and I, I just thought that's that's the better form. She's got her wet track. This is you know two plus two equals five, and and she went horribly. Maybe she doesn't back up. So you got you paraded well. I think Madame Pomeroy doesn't like the wet track. Um, Wolverine was a bit of a goose in the yard. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Any, any others you're interested in? Who who ran second? She's extreme. Ran second behind. So you yeah. got you. Yeah. Uh, you know. The, there is nothing remote, remotely remarkable about any of these horses in terms of the figure they produce there on the day. Uh, the winner itself has only barely beaten the class benchmark. The rest of them have clearly have not. Uh, there's nothing to mention in terms of the final sectional splits in terms of ranking on the day. This is a whole heap of nothing. A barely a Saturday race, I'd say. Um, this is a BM78 that happens to be a Group One. Yeah. <laughs> full, full credit breeders, because um, you know once these 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 horses turned four, um, they're going to be whisked to the barn because they will not be competing. I don't think. Well, anyway, can't be too certain about these things. But we said they're a shit bunch of two year olds, and they're a shit bunch of three year olds. That's a good way of putting it. Okay. Well, look, the the feature of the day uh, in terms of. I guess the prestige of the race would have to be the Epsom, uh, whether or not a 10 horse field is considered to be prestigious for a race that, you know, I sort of grew up watching capacity fields and had plenty of angles to get your teeth into. And then in the end, you ended up with a dead heat, which we we're wondering what was happening on course at Kalgoorlie. Uh, you know, you often have the Sydney races collide with the Perth or the WA races and uh, six or seven minutes after Kalgoorlie had finished, they were still <laughs> processing the, the dead heat photo. Um and look, in the end, did we learn anything about the top three? You had top-ranked Ellsberg hinged fighting out within half a length and a nice bath was fourth, five lengths behind them. Um, again, we're not seeing any superstar figure here. 
Um, maybe not. Um, I think there's a couple of things worth noting. Uh, firstly, how horned up do you reckon I was at the 300 when the big grey pulled to the outside under a hold? And obviously I was on. Um, I thought it was going to bolt in. I'm prepared to say that yes. the heavy track suited Ellsberg more than top ranked. He is an 18 hand high, 800 kilo machine, top ranked. He's probably he probably would have found himself sinking a bit and wheels spinning potentially. Um, he has improved his benchmark figure, and I said after his last start, it was a really good platform run to go and win a Group One. I should say he's ticked that box, but I think he's the only horse that you go that you want to be on going forward onto better ground. Don't know how far he gets. I'm interested in your opinion, Rob. Like, is he a Cox Plate chance or is that a bridge too far going to 2000? Possibly. Um, but I, I think, yeah, you'd probably, they often do run the, I think the winner of the Epsom gets an invite, but there's been numerous winners um, and numerous milers that go to the Cox Plate and, and get broken. Um, so, yeah, I guess they'll, they'll probably, you know, and would you want to, to run on that sort of leader track as well? Um, be a big, heavy horse. It's hard to gauge how fit it is, but I think it's certainly got improvement to come. Full credit, Hugh Bowman. Like, I thought it was winning about 800 metres out. Um, he just he had it in that lovely sweet spot where you kind of get the slingshot. I thought it was an off-rail day. Um, and I think you're right about Ellsberg. He was suited on the way. Somebody saw that because I, I got a little bit of $30 matched about Ellsberg in the morning with his record on the heavy track because, um, yeah, well, we had three and a half units on it the start before on, on a good track. Um, so I had to follow my money on, on him. And, um, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's obviously a good, a good, really good wet track. He doesn't look like a wet track. He's, he's, an, he's a heavy horse, a bit like top rank, but, um, Long way to answer your question. I don't know, Kels, but definitely thing, more suited on a drier track. Mm, um, I don't know. I don't know if he's a coxplate horse or not. I mean, he's got mile form everywhere, hasn't he? So I don't know. Um, the other horse that was interested, I was interested in, was uh, interested in talking about was Hinged. The market yep. said it was going to run well. What a surprise! Um, it's it's. It was on a hot speed. It was a reasonably good tempo, and it was still there to win. Um, it, it could have easily gone the other way. It's ran up right up to its run um, when it ran on a Randwick Heavy 10 last prep. Pistol sort of produced the same figure. Um, what did it win last year? The surround stakes, did it? On the Heavy 10? Something, um, like, something like that. It's a, it, it's a good yeah, so it's, it's, ran, it's basically ran exactly the same figure as what it did when it won the surround um, uh, last preparation. And, you know, um, you know, once again, the, the, the camp continues to somehow produce these horses, um, you know, in their, in their right races on their grand final day and the money's there and they run super. And this was another example of it. Yeah. Have you got, you got you as well. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, crisp. Not so much good. else. There's nothing. I don't think there's, there's literally nothing else out of the meeting. No. I mean, I'll, I'll quickly, said this. quickly run through the Metro. Uh, very slow tempo race. You've got Sacramento leading for Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Bott, Tim Clark, the usual suspects. But, you know, usually they go a little bit quicker than 12.4 lengths slow for the class to the 600. 
And then in the end, no surprise, relatively bunched field all the way down to eighth or so beaten within two and a half lengths. And I mean, look, these stayers are mediocre at best. At best. Uh, look, maybe forgive the Uncle Chris, the Durston, um, better suited on a drier track could could improve. Maybe a smoky for Caulfield Cup. Um, maybe I think he's the best of the Sydney stayers. Would fair to say if that um, what got the bob there? No compromise, was it? Yeah, um, yeah. Like if it had a if it hadn't got the bob, it would have been stiff, wouldn't it? Tell you who else was stiff on the day? Me with bloody Special K, who is a genuine horse. How the hell is that being forced back to the inside when it's running off the rail? I don't know. And get tipped for fourth is had me ha, had me cursing. Um, anyway, Special K going well. Good heavy tracker. Maybe a chance for the Everest uh, if it's on a heavy track. I'd want him more than anyone. And old mate, we were talking about um, the, the Panther, the Good Walker, Mask Crusader. He, he he ran a good race on a on a um, unsuitable yeah, track, so he he is probably you know favourite to get that spot again. We're talking about the Barrier Trial that was the Premier Stakes slow tempo race to the six hundred, and in the end, none of them have broken the class benchmark. So Nature Strip isn't going to be you know, too concerned with what he saw there on the weekend. No, that was a, that's a, uh, I don't want to get too carried away, Peter, and sensate, make sensational comments to try and get clicks, but <laughs> like, it's a, I wouldn't go as far as saying is it's an integrity issue, but fuck, it's a trap for punters. Yeah. You've got an Everest slot and you're just trialing your horses for 500,000. But you tell me those, that you tell me any of those were there to win were there to go outside of their comfort zone to win on Saturday. No way were any of those getting ridden outside of their comfort zone or getting, you know, being aggressively ridden to win. They're all yeah. they're all aiming for the second prize in the $15 million race next week. And it's arguably the least exciting race of the year. <laughs> it's just the uh, the spring is not really living up to the hype as of right now. Ron, um, was there anything else out of any of the other races that you'd be happy to follow going forward? Uh, well, I walked in, you know, pretty confident early on, two-year-old races, bit of a spring in my step. And who's next to me? It's it's Luke Marlowe. And Luke says, uh, I said, he asked me, who do I like? And I go into a long spiel. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, I just like the, the Japanese emperor. Uh, I said I looked a bit fat. So I think he's probably worth following. And I was on the second horse in the Phillies race. Um, I think she's worth following as well. Um, she, she, she's she got improvement to come, but pretty average gym crack and breeder stakes this year, I'm going to say. Perfect proposal was to run up there in the gym crack curls. One, uh, one last horse I didn't ask about out of that race um, was mm-hmm. – Brutality, who was the fastest uh, last uh, furlong and was strongest through the line out of all of them? Did you um, did you get any line on on it? How he paraded? Yeah, he's a he's a funny horse. Brutality, he doesn't often parade well, and he didn't parade well here. So he was the first one that I I, I thought could. He was about the only one I thought couldn't win uh, off his parade. So he can improve significantly. I'd suggest. And have they retired Shelby sixty six yet? Was <laughs> the only other thing. God, he had a good good little run there for a while, though. Started that campaign, I was beaten in a highway, and that happened as well. <coughs> and then he oh. won a Group One. Anyway, and now he now he can't now he's back to a highway horse. Well, he can't know that he can enter a highway, but that's about you know 
the things you could probably run. We're going backwards at a rate of knots in Australia. It's wonderful. Uh, okay, let's talk about Flemington. And Jackson, if I was disappointed by some of the Randwick figures, the very <laughs> slow Turnbull has produced the second worst figure, second worst winning figure on the entire card, uh, yep. won by Smoking Romans. Feels like I've been saying this every review pod with the group ones. We didn't learn a whole lot. It's just uh-huh. been, you know, if you did your speed maps in all these Victorian group ones this season, you would have had a complete fill up because they just they've just been seeming to jump, settle, find their positions, and then it's half a race for four hundred meters, and that's what the Turnbull was. But this might be one of the more underwhelming um, numbers of those of sort of all those group ones mentioned. This is um, this is a very very bad number. One by Smoking Romans, who I thought was a benchmark 84 horse, but apparently it's $4.50 for a uh, Caulfield Cup. So you know, staggering. Right? Absolutely staggering. Look, uh, the winning figure on the class figures for punting form was only 5.9 lengths below the class benchmark. So uh, he's going to need to improve a whole heap to be winning a Caulfield Cup. But at the same time, maybe he doesn't. Maybe they're all just that good this year. Um, look, raw numbers, having a quick... Lance through the field, inspirational girl, second fastest last 200 of the day, albeit off a very slow tempo, but yep. never really suited at any point in the straight. How did she look in the yard? Yeah, looked well, looked well. Yeah. I'm probably um, one and a half away still, which is sort yep. of um, typical, I thought. Um, out of the race, young Verta probably should have won. Another one who's won, one run away. I'd love to... Love to be on him next up. He's probably just going to go to tougher. They're talking Cox Plate. Um, obviously not going to back him there. Uh, the first four and run were the first four home. Gold Trip ran well, but again, only gets tougher from here. Um, and it's going to be worse, a more poorly weighted next start as well. Duay's gone, Profondo, uh, poor. Lunacy's is probably the run of the race, and that tells you all you need to know about the Turnbull, I thought. Yeah. What a peanut on him in hundreds too, off the preview show. Oh, well, you can you can pack him at eight dollars in a tougher race next start if you want. <laughs> I, won't, I won't be backing anything ever again. Out of the Turnbull, I'll, I'll probably have to pull up stumps in Melbourne anyway after the weekend. Can I, can I just say that they butchered Profondo? Uh, I know he's slightly away here, but you know, yep. running him on those wet tracks, um, yeah, I reckon. What's he, what, what's he doing? Uh, I, I had a half decent bet on him as I thought he'd be. You know, he was the only horse that was had sort of mile 1600. I thought they'd jump and Willow would just sit outside lead or lead on him and then he'd give a good kick. That was, I was going to ask that because that that whole tempo thing, Mm. surely that was a piss take. Like surely smoking Rome is not going to be able to amble to the front or, you know, on speed over 2400 and win a Caulfield cup. Like surely there's going to be someone else that says, Oh, you know, this horse could be, but surely there's other options of horses being on speed. You would like to think so, wouldn't you? Surely. Even Vow and Declare could have led one if he had to push forward with it yet Saturday. Well, me me taking an early price Vow and Declare in the Caulfield Cup kind of tells you where the Caulfield Cup is at because I thought True. that horse was going to be uh, retired 12 months ago and now here I am p- p- packing him in a Caulfield Cup. I hope Gavin Benchgood's watching this because he's got Keats sitting at home doing F all. At the well, moment, like at race Friday, why isn't it in this Saturday? Why um, aren't we on a Caulfield Cup par, Jackson? Bigger, um, just looking at the numbers, the, the numbers are out for the Valley Friday night and Keats has run a better overall time than the Turnbull. Yep. I'm not shocked. 
I'm not shocked either. He brave boy. He had to do a bit of work. Willow asked, you know, he had to keep, yeah. keep, keep pressing on. Everyone wants to lead at the valley. So um, where are these horses? We've been saying this for a long time, Peter. We've been, oh, disappointing numbers out of Caulfield this week. We've, you know, we've been saying this for a long time. What, like, surely there's, are we missing something here? There like, are no horses. Smoking Romans is favourite for the Caulfield Cup. What's like, even in centrefires, it had better form than him when he was winning at Bow Desert. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Keats shouldn't be out of the question. If Keats could go around two weeks in the Caulfield Cup with 51 and probably, you know, hold on for an eighth. Maybe. Talking shit, anyway. It's a shame it's that a, those Japanese horses can't come. They would be like, you'd, you'd take a dollar ninety. Oh, you, you would. No, that's that's over. I'd take a dollar forty-five. There'd be no betting. Dead set, uh, no betting. Uh, but is it? Was that was that turbul though? Was it another case of like half of them like got their eye on something else later in the spring? Yeah, but you'd still yeah yeah. I was still expecting them to come home, even if it is a four hundred meter race, to come home a little bit faster than what they have. So, final question for me: the 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 import that cost a stack that was going to win the Cox Plate sat three wide on a Walker's tempo. Should it have uh, gold trip? I'm talking about here. Was it a pass mark, or was it better than pass, or was it disappointing? It was better than pass, but it's it, it got thrown in here at the weights, and anything it faces, it's going to faces next it's going to be tougher with more weight is my is my issue and it has that sp anchor so i don't i don't know what sort of price we're going to get about it yeah doesn't look like it's going to be a weight for age star i think pistol might be on the something pistol said this weeks ago on this show his whole life he's just galloped alongside the horses inside him and then you came up with a better term i think it was you said it was uh, you refer to those horses as being a mate. Yeah. I really like that. Just like you're just running along. You're there for moral support. Your mate's running a, a triathlon or a marathon. You're just there carrying a drink, just running alongside, just going, get going, mate. You're all right. Yeah. Prove me wrong, Gold Trip. Prove me wrong. Um, okay. Look, let's talk about something that was vaguely more interesting, the Gill Guy, 1,200-metre uh, race. Um, I didn't watch the preview show because I was running around Kalgoorlie, but I saw everyone blow up after the preview show and girls, you absolutely nailed it. Full credit. Oh, look, I've been saying this for a little while now, Peter, you just backed the fastest horse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, now full credit to me and just, just everyone just take a deep breath and have a seat. And this could take a while. Everyone listening at home, just relax. Um, We've been talking. We've been previewing that those sprinters, the likes of Sartorial Splendor, or no, what was called? Um, is that what it was called? Serious suspect. Serious suspect and Zootori and all these horses. We've been previewing these horses for a good twelve months, saying that they're good open handicap at class three grade, and then a couple of them, you know, pinched a, a, be- a better class race because there was nothing in it. We've been saying for so long that this group of sprinters are just the same twelve hundred meter Flemington horses. Uh, day in, day out. And then we finally get a Group 1 horse in Private Eye who was should have won the BRC sprint at 1,300 and then should have beaten Alligator Bloody, the Stradbroke, apart from being s- slaughtered. Um, big drop in grade. They were looking for a dry track. The trials were there for all to see. Um, 
I thought he was, well, I said he was immoral, which was me carrying on like normal. But I bet accordingly, and so did the rest of the market follow me in, and the rest is history. I, I don't even know what ran second. I was just like, when he pushed them out of the way at the 400, when he pushed them out of the way at the 400, I thought, it's only a matter of how far this thing wins by, and I just, just yelled at the screen. And I think I even cheered for the jockey, which is, this is way, 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 way carried away for me. Um, you, know, you reminded me a little bit of All Silent down the straight when he was peeling yeah, out. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I got a little bit, this thing is going to explode, and um, indeed yeah. it did. So I don't know who's got him for the Everest, but um, congratulations because <laughs> you run the place. Fascinating horse, though, isn't he? He's won an Epsom. He ran fifth to Zaki in a McKinnon, uh, what, in 2021. Um, and now here he is winning a Gilgai down the straight. That's say that says something about the trainer too, I think. You know, like they they plotted a path to that horse to go somewhere first up where it was dry so we could win. Yeah. So full credit. Does Joe Pride train it? Yeah. Joe yeah. Pride. Full credit, Joe Pride. Can train anyway, it. Jacko, how did he look in the yard? Is there anything like was he He was I don't even... he, he was there. He was there ready yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. He was he, he paraded exactly what the market told you. He was there ready to win first up. Yeah. Um, elite, elite performance though. Uh, I I was the only person in the world clearly who wasn't on. Um, I backed Rockin' Horse, who I thought hey. were a chance, and then I just saw Private Eye on on my back, and we've run another good second. Now, before anyone listening at home just starts to feel a little bit sorry for Jacko for running second, if you're not already aware, he won about a million units on Saturday and shot the lights out. Um, so. I was quite happy for him to run second um, on that occasion because he backed every other winner, I think, basically from every other every other bet he'd sent out on the day. Speaking of which, one of those was Giga Kick. And, Jackson, you've been with this horse quite a few times over the journey. And here he was in the Dane Hill. Um, fast tempo race. He's recorded another good figure. He only just held on behind uh, in front of Buenos Nachos. Well, that's not exactly the horse's name at all. He's got nothing to do with food. But um, Giga Kick does look on track, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I actually have never been with this horse until today. I, oh, my mistake. I, no, no, so, I'll tell, so I tipped him at $51 for the Coolmore. I didn't have anything on myself. And then was ready to back him out of the yard first up, and he was as obese as you've ever seen. So I didn't. <laughs> And he drifted was like two two eighty to four fifty and one, and then I backed Alpha One to beat him, just because of the map. So we, so we rocked up today. Um, we rocked up on Saturday and it was the first time I was ever on, and I still thought we were going to get beat. <laughs> uh, look, this was I thought the run is a little better than what it looks. Um, he is still a run behind out of the yard versus the rest of these, especially a horse like. The Freeman horse, the fourth horse, a duel who was ready to go, um, and I thought was poor. Still plenty to come, right on track for the Coolmore, um, and should go close. It's a good figure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there any chance that he gets poached or persuaded to go towards an Everest as opposed to going oh, to a Coolmore? He'd run ninth in an Everest. Yeah, like Private Eye had beat him, beat him up by six. Um, the other horse out of the race is Great Barrier Reef, who was was another one that I thought was a run run and a half behind the rest, and has closed um, as well as pretty much anything in the race for Uncle Chris. Where's he come from? What? 
it was it Spruik last prep, Rob, from memory, Great Barrier Reef, and it was like it's taken a while to hit its straps, and it looks like a filthy setup for a Coolmore tilt from that stable. Yeah, I I, I can't remember seeing it. Um, I have to look at the form, but eight dollar ninety five on debut versus Best of Bordeaux, and then uh, ran ran fourth, beaten seven, and then resumed. Oh yes, yep. in the Coolmore colours. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, I, I was on, I was on best of Bordeaux that day. The only time I ever backed best of Bordeaux at one, and um, yeah, look, it's it's not a bad looking horse, but um, you know, I guess we've got something's got to win it. Probably Giga Kick and and that one. Well, I, I mean, obviously, um, someone's erred with the training of Airman because he was where's he is he <laughs> trolled yet? I'm still waiting for him to. I'm running out of time. Yeah, you are. I, I, I got to say, you, you're looking up against the curls there. I, I, don't, I think we'll, we'll get on racing you, so I'll see where he's at um, right now. Uh, just while we've done this, I've just missed my old man tipping the winner at Musclebrook. Just knew it would fucking happen. In, in fairness, though, Rob, I haven't. I don't think I've backed a Futures winner ever, and everything I find comes good the season after. Well, you were right about top ranked, you know, a month ago anyway. Oh, well. Is there anything else? Like, is there a is there a Godolphin horse or something? I mean, obviously yeah. there was a few nice ones to go to the Golden Rose. The thing I saw win over fourteen hundred on last when the Wednesday just gone at Rose Hill could if, if that should be heading towards something. You know, maybe it's the Carbine Club on Derby Day, but it's it's got a future, I think. Anything else in Victoria, Jacko? Was Giga Kick just better than him at the minute? Well, um, I don't know. This is a Victoria adjacent, but after, after the Everest, could Chacano come back? Everest into a Coolmore, possibly. Chance. Yeah, chance. What, why would why wouldn't they just go to the bloody, um, you know, for stallion value? Just go for the Group One down the. That's the stallion making race. Why run fourth again in in a? Oh, I don't understand the owners really. Like the big bucks is in the breeding, isn't it? Yeah, and, the, the, the the managing owner of of the horses on the board of Coolmore, I think. Okay, well they've just got enough money, do they? You can just do whatever they want. Okay. Anyway, I would have thought Jack and O's got that race at its mercy if it, if it didn't go to the Everest. Mm. Anyway. All right, the rest of the card there at Flemington. We've got quite a few really just solid numbers uh, by all of the winners there. So again, um, Competitive card to pull apart, but Mr. Maestro, uh, Luna Flair, Giga Kick, Exolita, she's looking to split. They've all recorded a winning figure within one length. Jackson, what was the best of those from your point of view? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I thought she's lickety split is right on target for the Thousand Guineas in a couple of weeks. Um, Tanji, the third horse there, paraded with plenty of improvement, sort of loomed up. It was in those better lanes there up the inside, but loomed up and peaked. I think it can improve. Um, it, Mr. Maestro had the perfect run, but put them away well. Art Zeno from that race is right on target for a derby. Uh, I, I reckon money can be made out of race four, the Exolita race. Um, there, there was a lot of good runs sort of in behind. Pride of Jenny, who I mapped to get complete control, missed the start. It can improve. It, it, it can improve getting the front again next start. Fortunate kiss is flying, but it's just always finding bad luck. It, it just needs a race shape. Uh, Odium was a good return in that race. So there's plenty of sort of plenty of runs behind those sort of races. Race two, a couple of black bookers riddled me that. I thought was a really good return. 
and the best last of the day I thought was in that race as well. Uh, Regalo Gitano butchered that, but um, up in trip next start, it can run well too. So uh, there's there's a few in, in behind the winners I think can can be um, taken into their next starts. Okay. Um, and full, full credit to our old mate Mickey D, who cops a fair fair bit off us, Jackson. To be fair, yes. Uh, Luna Flair showed in ten. All I was going to do was need luck in the straight, and he got luck. Um, that Francesco Guardi probably should have beat us, but no. That's the one that nearly fell on the corner and then picked itself up around second. Yeah, but no pictures on the scorecard for us. It was, it, was, it was lucky that the thing kicked a little bit that Luna Flair could get out behind yeah. it. If that thing didn't kick, he's stuffed. Yeah. Um, the, the other yeah. horse, there could be a chance in the, in the, in the um, Coolmore Golden Mile out of the um, uh, Golden Rose Stakes. I backed that as well the other day. It ran 1,400 back to 1,200. I think they'll bring that down. If it's not well, had enough, it might go close. Is that the Dolphin horse? Yeah. It looked the winner at the 200 um, in, in, in the Rose. One one on debut at Ballarat. Um, the horse that SP favoured in that Ballarat race, we just backed at Packenham at three dollars thirty eight minutes out. It, start, it started two forty and got beaten seven. So there's just a little. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, some improve, some regress. You know, <laughs> yeah. life comes at you fast in this game. Yeah, it it does. It does. Yes, indeed. Um, okay, that's Flemington. Curls, was there anything at Eagle Farm worth uh, throwing out? Uh, the form. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I was dirty on Eagle Farm, Peter. Um, oh, look, there were some races I didn't bet into, which I had if I would have lost, so I'm glad I didn't. But there was races I bet into where I knew I was dead. The first one was when the Waller horse in the first staying race was completely off the map. And I was like, oh, look, the stable mate leads here and makes this a truly run race and the well-backed horse will be last and using his superior turn of foot here for sure. But I'd already bet, so I was dead. <coughs> the horse I backed uh, to beat the Waller horse was $7, which I took and started 14s, ran second, and the Waller horse was never losing. Conversely, I committed a sin because I'd had a bet in race four on a Waller runner and I bet early on that runner as well, which hold me to this for the rest of my days. Never, ever will I have a bet on that stable ever early, <laughs> ever again. Every time, I, every time I see a Waller horse in Queensland, I promise to market, to price it at market and if the money's there and I like it, I'm backing it. I don't have a rated price from now on, okay? Hold me to that. Yep. Filthy, filthy, filthy thing was getting laid sub four, plus $4 on a 280 call, fixed, and then slowly trickled out, as you could imagine. And I knew I was dead. And it ran – it had the perfect run in the race and went putrid. Um. Yeah. So that's what I learned, Peter. And it's not as if I hadn't learned that lesson before. It's just that I've been on the, just that I've been on the right side of a couple of Waller runners, and it hadn't triggered me as much. But now it triggered, it's triggered me after the weekend. 
I think I've heard that from you probably more times than I've heard any other racing lesson in my life. Never, ever again will you hear me talking about it on a deep dive. It'll just... Remember remember I took a... Not a set, but remember I took an oath to conquer the Costa stable because I could never catch that? Yeah. I'm making the same pledge right now. I live to beat Waller in his own game (laughs) in Queensland for the rest of the calendar year. That's what I learned. He's, he was too good for me yesterday, on Saturday. Uh, apart from that, it's still great off-season racing. Uh, if anyone's got a benchmark 70 horse in Victoria that's looking for metropolitan um, wins on their CV, uh, send them up. I have one, just by the way. Okay, go for it. Uh, I could do better. <laughs> oh, yeah, that could that could cut north. Yeah, the racing's, the racing's pretty poor. I don't even look at the – I haven't even looked at the figures, Peter, because I just anticipate it was – Average and I'm just yeah, I've got the shits. Anyway, God bless. You know when you, you know when your chips are down, right? You're always back the stable and the jockey's in form. Yeah. So I've launched at a runner at Toowoomba at six dollars with a jockey that hadn't ridden a winner for eight hundred and sixty three days, and he got the job done for the subscribers at six dollars. God bless Nick Keel and Gun Trainer Mark Callahan, who would only have two in work. And we've happened to land it like at the perfect point of 863 days between winners and a bloke that trains a couple of horses for fun. <laughs> what a sport. And here I am pissing and moaning about Waller. Ah, uh, it happens. Um, I'll quickly touch on Kalgoorlie. It was a very positive experience. I was actually very happy to be able to get out of both days with a, with a win, but um, it was a bit of a strange carnival this year. We had two dirt horses turn up and win coming off broom preparations. I think a lot of the city horses that have been running around at Belmont didn't look fit enough to my eye, which I guess uh, given the way that that track has completely fallen apart in the last couple of months, it's fair to say that that was a contributing factor. And um, it was pleasing to see that uh, new favourite uh, of the mailbag, Nick Carapalotti, managed to train two 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 winners on the uh, on the card and or on, on the carnival. Uh, he's the only trainer to actually get more than one winner. So, uh, but nonetheless, uh, very entertaining carnival. If anyone hasn't tried it, I thoroughly recommend it. I've already booked the hotel. Little tip for the younger viewers potentially, or anyone else who would like to go visit an in-state carnival. If you reserve the room now, you obviously don't have to confirm until a week beforehand. So. Get yourself already sorted. Get the room. Away we go. How uh, did you get to Kalgoorlie, Peter? Just out of inches from Perth. Do you yeah, fly or fly. you just take a bus and take a, it's yeah. a six plus hour car ride? You can just fly there in an hour. All easy yeah. peasy. Anyway, that's uh, that's about it out of WA. Winners back to few. Ascot <laughs> again this Saturday. So uh, that's going to be a reasonably big start to the to the season. I think the first two-year-olds kick off there. So if I'm still here, I'll get my first look at two-year-olds for a little while. Beautiful. Uh, week ahead for everyone else. Jackson, what have you got? Uh, I've got sail on Wednesday, two and a half hours in the car, out to beautiful sail. Can't wait how glorious that will be. Uh, I assume we'll be betting at Mornington Thursday pending the bomb. Uh, Cranbourne Friday night, plenty of rain around. Um, we'll likely brush. There'll be no mounting yard mail. There might be a couple of early bets, but unlikely. And then Caulfield on Saturday. All Cannot right. wait. 
Very good. Uh, Rob Scurry, what have you got lined up? Uh, we're off to Canterbury. Um, weather looks a bit iffy and then we're getting worse towards the end of next week. So it looks like wet tracks, but Canterbury might be the best of it. Apologies there. I thought it was on mute there, but I almost sent that commanding first up off 500 days today. And um, I just <laughs> happened to watch it um, and it's got beaten ahead. Um and they haven't taken the Malay bets at a dollar eighty. It's unbelievable. Anyway, um, here we go. Yeah, look forward to it. And then it's Saturday. I don't know what's running Saturday. Is it is it the Spring Champion Stakes? Maybe you got the Silver Eagle, the Gloaming Stakes, the Roman Console, and the Tap Craig, fourteen hundred meter race. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, that's <laughs> the uh, that's the tribute race to Johnny Tap and the other the fellow Craig, oh, the race call, the race yeah. caller. John Tapp and Ian Alan, Craig. Alan, Ian Craig. Yeah. Ian Craig. Great, great caller. Both great callers. Yeah. Mm. Cool. yeah. What about you, Kels? Oh, mate. Wow. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Wow, wait. Ipswich is hosting the Metropolitan uh, meeting on Wednesday. So let's just hope that there's, there's not a millimetre of rain around because the jocks will want to call it off because there'll be a wet patch. <laughs> around the back of the course. Now, when I say wet patch, I mean a patch of turf that is a little bit more damp than others on the circumference of the track. Um, so we'll have a we'll have a look there. I've also got um, Sunshine Coast on Friday night, which coincides with Cranbourne, so she's more of a set and forget there if we find anything. And then Saturday we have um, we have racing from Eagle Farm, the Queensland Cup. Um, Peter, the time wanted Queensland Cup over 2,412 metres. <laughs> it's uh, attracted eight nominations oh, for the God. race. It's terrible racing in the off-season up here. Um, yeah, so it's – anyway, there, there's a couple in the norms that I see are complete morals anyway, so that'd be okay. We'll be betting there. And then there's also um, the time wanted Warwick Cup is the provincial meeting at Warwick on Saturday – and um, just depending on the weather, what happens with um, with the Gold Coast? You've seen that. I'm not sure if anyone watched the races on Saturday, but once it rains there, it's just a complete fog. So, yeah. Anyway, it's I'm ha- I'll just be happy to get away with a, with a win again this week and and enjoy the racing on Saturday. Almost felt like the racing on Saturday reinvigorated me a little bit. Um, seeing some good horses in the form, guys. Um, it's always good in spring. Yeah, Take it a chip away, get a profit in Queensland, and, and enjoy some better racing. Yeah, kinda, kinda. I'm trying to be upbeat. I'm trying well, to be upbeat. Well, it should be a, you know a bit punished to be getting the stuff because you guys had a, I I lost, but you guys went really really well over the weekend. And if you didn't, I would have had my all time probably worst result personally because <laughs> I was uh, yeah I was betting I was betting badly in Sydney. I tell you. Must say it was uh, it was actually really pleasing to be back on course and be able to get some eyes on horses that you're actually trying to focus on betting. Gee, just hey, get so much more information out of it when you're on course. Uh, can I can I tip you to stay in Perth and and don't go to the Caulfield Guineas? That's like the toughest meeting of the year, and go to Ascot. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, the 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 two year old race and potentially if the the other fields are good, usually opening day at Ascot, everyone's saving their horses, firm track yeah, off yeah. Belmont, should be a capacity. You, you, capacity you, no, you, so. you got to see them, Pete. you got to yeah. see them early in the bit. Like Caulfield Guineas Day, 
the shit track, crowded all the you know non betters turn up and you've got the, <laughs> Sydney, the Sydney horses. Um, you know, it's it's just tough to win, really tough to win. Like I I, I can't remember many Caulfield in my whole life that I've won on Caulfield Guineas Day. Got anything uh, else? Yeah, look, last thing before we go, um, just seen on Twitter that um, Snap Dancer is out of the Everest due to injury, which means there's three spots to fill. Congratulations to Proven Thoroughbreds and the connections of Private Eye. You're going to be going very close to winning the world's richest race on turf. Well, but but what is it? Isn't it like a dollar dollar ninety? It's going to be a slow to heavy track and it can't win. I don't know. Like it's two weeks away. Like, yeah. remember last year, PVL got the helicopters on the straight. Remember? <laughs> That's right. Anything's possible. Oh. Technology nowadays and the money that they have, anything's possible. Mm, I don't know. I think I think you could pretty pretty good bet. Randwick's going to be a heavy track. Well, it all depends. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like if it's a wet track, like yeah, obviously, preferably pro- probably can't win, but. I mean, what a sport. It really is. All right, guys, that's enough out of us. Uh, The deep dive has been a little bit unusual this week, but we'll be back, I'm sure, to talk about some more disappointing figures next Monday. Uh, No, surely can only get better from here, surely. Surely, famous last words. Anyway, until next week, go well, guys.